1: this is at the turn it's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else here are your hosts nick heidelberger and joe simons hello hello welcome into another episode of at the turn nick and joe here with you nick what an episode we have for the patrons today would you consider yourself to be a trendy guy
0: uh, it's really an awkward time of my life for you to be asking me that question oh. because I'm, I'm definitely in that gray area where like I just don't care, but like I still feel like I'm connected enough to be cool if I, you know, put just a little bit of effort into it. So um, overall, I think the answer on that question is pro- probably got to be no.
1: The only thing I've really been doing related to golf is my inseam is getting higher on my shorts. I like getting out there. I feel like a little more of an athlete with some leg exposed. You know, get a get a real good a hip turn going. But otherwise, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't, I don't really care. Like I tried to do flat bill hats, but that's Ugh. not me. I'm a dad hat guy. The worst. I hate flat them. bill hats. Are
0: the absolute worst. I will definitely wear a hoodie on the golf course. Like, probably quite a bit um, in the, the next five years, but more out of
1: convenience than than style. Yeah, I think I, I think of the same way. The hoodies I will be wearing are not designed to be on the golf course. They're just what was in my backseat at the time. And I had forgotten my proper rain gear. The reason I'm talking about trends is because Nick and I are going to play a game today. Whether Nick knows it or not, I see the confused and excited look on your face. I love it. That is
0: The, the two best words for what's going through my head right now. And I can't wait. I can't wait.
1: So and what I'm we're going to do confused. is rip off. Five different golf trends, and we're going to play a game that I coined many years ago, Nick, that we've never played. It's a modified version. It's pretty simple. It's called ya or nah. So we're going to have a golf trend that we discuss and make a decision, ya or nah. The first one at the top of the list you mentioned recently on a podcast, there is a trend toward Abandoning that little wooden peg that you get a stick in the ground eighteen times to give yourself a perfect lie. No tease, no tease off the tee. Why did this intrigue you? Well,
0: it's kind of a twofold thing. Like no tease if you're already playing from like the back tees or the one up from the back tees probably does not really intrigue me, but playing with no tees from a forward set of tees really intrigues me because it seems like rather than just walk 50 yards that way and then walk 50 yards that way, I'm pointing opposite directions. Mm -hmm. um, If you can't, if you can't tell, you know, why don't we just go over here and, and not try to hit it 350 yards And, uh, you know, see if that makes the round quicker, see if it makes it maybe a little more enjoyable. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I I am absolutely going to try it.
1: Well, it is a variation on what you typically do, which is always fun on the golf course. We talked with Mike Gottfried, president of Piper Golf in the previous episode, and he talked about how much match play is going on in his neck in the woods. I don't get to play match play. I'm part of a men's club. We never even play match play. I don't, I I tried to institute that this year. I failed. It's a really fun format. And this is another variation of that. And something that interests me about no tees is I think the least relatable shot that a pro golfer can hit that an amateur has no chance at is a driver off the deck. I cannot hit a driver off the deck. So my question to you, Nick, is. If you were to go no tees, would you try to tap the ground a little bit, have it be raised up, place your piper on top and take a swing? Are we talking hybrids and irons only?
0: I, I, I three wood, five wood, I, I'm good with those off the tee. I, 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 had, um, I, I rediscovered a, a long lost love in my five wood last cool. year. And, um, yeah, so I'd be, I'd be five woods probably for the most part.
1: Um, I'd be all good with that. I like the idea of doing this on a pitch and puck course, a par three course. Well, but <laughs> that's
0: not really it's not really much of a game changer if you're doing it on a par three course. I mean, you still tee it up on a par three, but it's not
1: really gonna change much else about the way you play. I, I mean, here's the thing. The par three course down by my house, there's a hundred eighty-yard hole. There's a hundred and seventy-yard hole over water. I want the advantage of that little wooden peg in the ground and making those sure. swings. Give me a bit of a sure. miss hit. Still carries the water. If I miss hit. A six iron from from one eighty is not going to carry the water. So true. Okay. Yeah or nah, Nick? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go nah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in no tees. All right, that's one yeah from Nick. One no
0: from I don't know. I I just feel like did I say that I think you could probably play your rounds a little bit faster. You know, maybe get a little more enjoyability. Did,
1: did I, I don't really see how you can play your round faster if you're on a regulation golf course and there's par fives. And instead of hitting a driver and then one or two more shots, I'm hitting a five iron out there and then I got a three wood and then I got a three wood and then a wedge. It's not faster. You're playing the wrong tees. (laughs) I I, I probably am. Yes, red tee challenge. It's coming. All right. The second golf trend Nick asked me about if he would understand this. And I think you do. This is the movement towards a technology of yesteryear, a forgotten set of clubs. Perhaps you're in a, a thrift store and you really want to hunt. You're a garage sailor and you cobble together a set of clubs. You got a different four iron than a seven iron. Your putter's from 1954, but not in a good way. Your driver maybe is a persimmon. You've cobbled together a set for less than $50, we're talking Goodwill Golfing, Nick. What do you think about this? Okay. So I've never – obviously, I totally get this concept. I just
0: never had a title for it before. So I saw Goodwill Golfing on here. I would let I let my mind run free. In, yeah, what you in, think it was? Exactly what you said, obviously. Exactly what you said. Okay. But then I was like, this would be really cool if you got 12, 16 guys – Goodwill golfing, okay. They can spend up to call mm. it $40, 50 bucks on their equipment, but whatever amount they spend on their set of clubs, they also have to contribute to the skins pool. <laughs> so if you want to spend fifty bucks, you got to put fifty bucks in the skins. But if you if you can get a set for like seven dollars and you just have like four clubs you feel good about, you could get a bar. You make a birdie, then you got some cash coming your way.
1: That is what I want to do. I. Cannot believe this doesn't already exist. What an incredible idea. How how could we get this together, Nick? This is, this is an idea. We come up with a lot of stuff we don't follow through on. This is one we may actually have to follow through on. I,
0: I'm just at a huge disadvantage because
1: of my dexterity. <laughs> Do you mean because you're a lefty? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really considered that. That's going to be impossible. That's okay. I would still. I'll, I'm
0: still 100 percent all in. Romy, Romy's gonna have to tr- find a goodwill with a complete set of Titleists.
1: <laughs> yeah, Romy, if you try to do this and fix the golf club or take it into your experimental lab and 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 improve the grooves or give it a brand new shaft, none of that. None of that is allowed. This is a brilliant idea. I have to say, I was on the fence about it just because. I don't really want to spend my time trying to locate these clubs and cobble a set together. I think the people who are really into this view garage sales and experimenting at thrift stores and these sorts of things as a hobby or an activity they want to spend a lot of time doing. I think to find a proper set, you have to get really involved and really deep on it. That being said, the idea you had is like a 10 out of 10. And just because of that, I'm going, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What an idea, Nick. We, we, we maybe shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't publish this episode because that's such a good idea. That's,
0: we just, we just table it and then like have a goodwill golfing at the turn outing
1: and then like debut this podcast. (sighs) That's, what's going to put us on the map, Nick. I can't wait. Okay. This is one I don't think I had heard of probably two or three months ago, but now I seem to see it everywhere. Lots of Instagram accounts doing this. It's become really trendy to become minimalist on the golf course. You are, of course, allowed 14 clubs. There's a big thing about playing with nine clubs or playing with eight clubs. Mixing up what you're doing is this. Does it really make a difference to have a three iron, four iron or five iron? Or do I just need a four iron? Say when you go down the bag. do I need a six, seven or eight iron or just a seven iron? And there's this movement towards playing with fewer clubs because it makes a golfer more creative and the bag is lighter. Interesting point. What do you think about this?
0: I am kind of on the fence on this. I will say I got this device as a gift and it holds six clubs and it's like the size of a like – it's, it's smaller than the size of a beer can. It's just got a slot and it holds six shafts and you, you shove them in there and you just hold it in your hand. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I put it to use one day. Uh, went out to the golf course, had six clubs in there. Um, I did play from the red tees. I did play with no tees. I got a hybrid, uh, you know, a putter, a wedge, a couple irons. And it was, it's, it was situationally good. Like that was around in, you know, we got like a 45 degree day in November and I just had a chance to sneak away for an hour and a half. And so I did. I I wouldn't like, eh, you know, like, uh, A a formal tournament that's like a a four-club tournament eh, probably wouldn't be my cup of tea. I would say nah.
1: I think I have to go nah as well. I want to have the advantage that I'm allowed. And while I understand the idea behind it, I've played in a one-club tournament. It's really fun. I think if I was to do this in a more formal environment where everyone has the same, I'll say disadvantage, that would interest me. But just going out there and doing it for the sake of it, I understand the spirit behind it, but it just doesn't really interest me. So for that reason, I'm going to go nah. All right, Nick, two more golf trends. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one that seems similar to Goodwill Golfing, but it's a little bit different.
0: And you know what? I'm going to be honest. This is why I was second guessing if I knew what Goodwill Golfing
1: was, because I'm like, isn't that the same as the thing he says later on? So Goodwill Golfing, part of it is, having your set sort of be Frankenstein. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What made me think about this is I saw an article that showed what Johnny Miller played with when he won at Oakmont in the U S open, the miracle Oakmont. He shot a 63 in the final round at that time. It was the lowest final round to win a major ever. Johnny Miller was playing with irons from 1940 in that tournament. He was playing with a putter from the twenties. His driver was at least 10 years old and he still lit it up. He was playing without. Is this an exaggeration or those are actual facts? Those are actual numbers. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? So recently the aforementioned Dane Delgado, he was playing with a driver that was popular when I was in high school, the Hawkeye VFT. And you think, all right, I know the drivers are big now, but how much different could it be? On the at T, I I used it, and it was like using a club from 1920. The head is 350 cc's. The max is 460 now. And it was just mind-boggling to look at that and think that was the height of technology 20 years ago. Dane was piping that thing all day long. I've seen other folks use, like, a persimmon fairway wood because they like the way that it feels. An old putter, that bullseye putter people talk about all the time. That's from the 60s. Old ping putters, wedges, sand wedges that are just super old, but people have the distance dialed in and they stick with it. What do you think about playing with outdated technology? It's a nah for me. Um, you know,
0: the game's hard enough for me as it is. Let's be honest. Um, the technology, as much as I loathe all the marketing that goes into the golf club technology, I think there's a decent bit of truth. And I think there is a, a, a decent bit of help that they're actually putting into these clubs. I do believe, you know, a portion of what they're saying. And a couple of years ago, I took a, a trip to Idaho and didn't bring the sticks, but got the chance to play around a golf. And my dad, not a golfer, had a set of clubs in the garage from yes. literally from the nineties. I was a, a, a little boy at, at Gart sports in Moscow, Idaho, where uh, he bought them <clears throat> the Dunlop complete set, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was, it was just harder. Like I would just I would hit what I thought was a good shot and like, it just wouldn't go anywhere. You know, it was just, it was just harder. And um, I get, that's not what people are envisioning when they're saying, you know, they're looking at like the, the uh the wooden shafts and all that you know but it nah it's enough for me it's just I I'll take all the advantages I can get
1: yeah I think I'm in the same boat like it was really fun to hit Dane's driver on 18 just to be like whoa that is much different when I <laughs> when I when I followed through I, I thought the shaft was gonna break on my shoulder it felt really really different but I'm 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 with you like I have a Titleist driver from two years ago, and it's much better than the one I swung that Dane had. It's more forgiving. There's a bigger sweet spot. My mishits are better. Same with my irons. Same with everything. Golf clubs are better now. I want my score to be as good as possible, and technology helps with that a lot. Yes. Okay, so two naws there. The last one. This has been happening for a while now. I want to say decade plus. I remember when I went to the 2014 U.S. Open. Pinehurst hosted the 99 U.S. Open, 05 as well. Pretty famously, Payne Stewart, the statue, the whole thing. That golf course was green. The rain was falling on the last day. It looked like the greenest place I would ever seen. In 2014, it was not that. The USGA made a big deal about the amount of water they were going to put in the golf course intentionally to draw attention to water usage on golf courses. As a spectator, as, you know, ugly American, elitist spectator, dust was flying everywhere. Anytime there was a cart that moved anywhere or people were walking, dust was kicked up. Whatever. Visually, it was a lot different. I'll say worse because you think of traditionally green as lush on a golf course, right? But there is a trend toward this. Certainly in the Portland area, rough is watered never in the Portland area anymore. So if you miss a fairway, that ball is going to run forever. So it becomes penal in a sense. It's just modifying it for the doomed future that we all have ahead of us. So Nick, yeah or nah, being environmentally conscious for a golf course. Yeah. It's got to be. I mean,
0: it's got to be. We're not country club folk, you know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah. I don't know what year it'll be when I come on this podcast and say like, this rough isn't green enough, and <laughs> why didn't they water the? Uh, you know, no man. Like, I think I think we go over this often enough at the Mad Golfer of the Week. You know, you're playing golf, appreciate it for what it is. You know, if if uh, you have to, you can more slowly kill the planet while you're at it even better
1: yeah i'm I'm in complete agreement. i've played in the desert a few times um playing in arizona is weird bro like when you're like out in the desert you have little green patches and then natural foliage everywhere and you're just walking around like this shouldn't be here right now this is really strange and we grow grass in places where this could just exist pretty much on its own and this ain't one of them it was fun but boy did i feel weird out there So that's a double nah or double yaw. Excuse me. No, we're, we're in favor of the planet dying less slowly. Yes. Um, More slowly. More. more. (laughs) I love you, Mother Earth. (laughs) Nick, this is not on the sheets, but I'm going to throw it at you. Okay. This is not a golf trend. We're done with golf trends. That was golf trends. That was good. I like that. That was good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or nah. So. I played a really bad round probably like three weeks ago and I thought to myself, okay, what is the thing that I do after I play a bad round of golf? Do I really want to get after it, go to the range and pound balls, or do I want to put the golf clubs away or try to do some mental gymnastics justifying why this particular round didn't go well? And I settled on, putting the sticks away. When I play bad, the last thing I want to do is keep doing golf, right? I don't want to grind and figure it out. I want to just let time pass, kind of forget about it, and move on. Where do you come out on that?
0: Yeah, I think my my plan after a bad road of golf is go home, forget about it. Try to make Try To make a little practice time before the next time I play, um, because you don't want to just pick right up where you left off, you also don't really want to be worried that for the next week. Like, what if, what if I get back out there and I, I still can't hit it? Like, what if I'm what if still I can't do it anymore? Her shit? You know, what I'm like, I like, I would be so mad if my first, if my next tee shot in the first hole is like absolute garbage. I'm like, great, another four and a half hours of this. So I I try to, whether it's in the backyard, just a putting mat, if there's a driving range accessible, great. Sometime before the next time I play, just see some good shots. Like it's like a shooter who just needs to get to the free throw line, see a couple go in and then not really focus too much about it. You know, you just kind of pretend it didn't happen, but just kind of make sure that you can still swing a golf club and then you're usually fine.
1: Yeah, That's, that's really well put. Just to see a golf ball do a thing that I meant to do to it after a bad round, even if it's just once, it's like, okay, I still remember how to do this kind of, and I can try to figure it out over four and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. That's the play. Yeah. I'd like that. Also, um, Joe, oh, I, I mean, ahead. I'm just going to remind you
0: that this, yeah. this bad round you had was in February. <laughs> and like, if I, it's just no big deal at that point. Like if it's, if it's june or july then it's then it's like you're starting to find the panic button but if it's february it's
1: like does it even matter bro speaking of the planet dying, this is the most golf i've ever played in the winter because it's been so warm up here i am prime time for this season at least i feel that way i i haven't felt this way about a golf season maybe since we left idaho like i'm i'm ready to roll baby it's going to be a really good golf season
0: well, the U.S. Open qualifiers are are coming up.
1: That's true. I have to shave five and a half strokes off my handicap to be eligible. To, Jeez, it's going to be uh, 1.4. I have to shave five and a half strokes off my yeah, handicap. I'm trying, trying, trying to throw you both. I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I appreciate that. Um, we have such a good mad golfer of the week coming up. Nick rules as well. But before we get to any of it, we got to tell the folks about Piper Golf. Proud partners with At The Turn. Piper offers an online guide that helps you find your perfect fit through a series of questions. Piper will recommend what color ball is best for your game. Tour quality golf balls, amateur prices. Use the promo code TURN10 at checkout at piper.golf and pipe it down the fairway with Piper. Do you want to do the next one?
0: Oh my god. I was, I, got it. I was just getting I was getting so prepped for the Mad Golfer of the Week. I was like in my zone and I saw you. Me out of it. No,
1: totally no. panic. That's okay. <laughs> you saw that look. <laughs> okay. You stay focused. I'll tell the folks about Matchstick Golf. President Dane Delgado. I feel like we've mentioned him on every episode and that's cuz he's doing big things on and off the golf course. Go to matchstickgolf.com for a Beautiful selection of golf ball markers. Quit using that ugly quarter, that nickel from your pocket. Lucky penny, lucky shmenny. Turn 20 at checkout for incredible savings at matchstickgolf.com. Nick, do I seem pretty excited right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's because I'm flying high on T-Box coffee. Mm, the roast to order coffee brand in the heart of SoCal. Their package for the golfer who can shoot 58 and 158 and everybody in between. Use the promo code TURN15 at checkout for incredible coffee roasted when you order it. I don't think I should drink coffee this late anymore. I always think that as we are working our way through a podcast, but the energy is good. I'm not going to sleep, but it's good energy.
0: Yeah. It's great energy. I love it. Uh, when we used to record podcasts in the morning, like when I was in Hawaii, I used to do it 6 a.m. my time, yeah. 9 a.m. your time. We were both thick, jonesed up on coffee. I, I loved it. Now, I can't drink coffee after. I have to set a 4 p.m. curfew on coffee. My brews switch from coffee to beer after 4 p.m. I, or, or else I won't sleep.
1: Yeah, that's smart. But if you don't want to sleep, go to tboxcoffee.com and use that promo code turn 15 nick this has been a mad golfer of the week in the making for years it has
0: so it it struck me just this week that there's a pretty decent chance i've played hemlock ridge for the last time
1: oh my god you just gotta walk around every day knowing that that's tough
0: it is it is i mean there's been a lot of moments like during this move where like where stuff hits you like we had to email our daycare. We love our daycare and tell them, like, we're dropping them out, you know. And, and then, like, the, the look they gave me when I went to go pick them up. And I was like, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, there's a, there's a lot of little things. And then, like, the other day, I'm like, I'm like damn, I look looked at my golf clubs. I'm like, I've played at Hemlock Ridge
1: probably for the last time. Don't be sad it's over. Be happy it happened.
0: Okay. So, speaking of being happy it happened, we're, we're going to have to be happy this, this review happened. And, Joe, I – it's it's more more than a bit. It's it's going to be a whole segment. This review I'm looking at of yes. the mad golfer of the week is is a good. It's a blow by blow of a nine hole round. It looks like it's a long <laughs> one.
1: This is great.
0: It, not only that, but there's going to have to be a lot of side commentary like mm. throughout this. So we're just going to have to, you know, crack open a cold one and and just like really really dive into this. Okay. It's only from eight months ago. Also, oh. which is this is pretty fresh.
1: The wounds are fresh here. Now, do you and know this person? First of all,
0: I don't. Okay, I great. don't. And I'm not, I'm not trying to blow up this guy's spot, but his do last it. name is M A D A R, and I'm just gonna <laughs> just say he's Mister Matter. I'm <laughs> right sure to not to but he's Mister Matter. Great. Okay, <clears throat> I have to say. I've played this course three to four times in the last year since I discovered it was a good place to meet my brother halfway between Boston and Hartford. Okay. Great. Is, that it is. We've always enjoyed the course until today. When we arrived, the clubhouse manager was very nice and thanked us for call thanked us for calling to say that we were going to be late. Just throwing that out
1: there. Okay, sarcastically.
0: FYI, no mention of any league or tournament play this afternoon. Ooh. We played the first hole. And by the time we got to the second tee, the group behind us had already pulled up to the tee box. So, like, Wait, what? just envision this for a second. You, you've you you've completed one hole, and the group behind you is also already on the same tee box
1: that you're on. So how... Ha- so they just skip one? They just go right from the parking lot to the second tee? How difficult is that of Hemlock Ridge?
0: It's it's impossible. <laughs> we played the first hole, and by the time we got to the second tee, the group behind us had already pulled up to the tee box. So they're just they're just incredibly slow. It's just, it's you've already you already late to your tee time. By the time you got to the second tee, you're already pissing people off. Got it? Okay. Very odd, as we had just started playing. They explained that they were a foursome playing best ball and asked if they could play through. So they're already asking to play through after you've played one hole. We hesitated, but they assured us it would be quick. So we agreed. We let them play through and waited for them. Not a bad wait. We were probably delayed 15 to 20 minutes on the second
1: hole. That's a bad wait.
0: (laughs) Okay. You were delayed 20 minutes for for four guys playing a best ball to tee
1: off? What is – what is the second hole, at Hemlock Ridge? What is what is what is the layout it's a, there?
0: It's a slightly uphill, four hundred yard, par four, slight dog leg, OB on the right, first fairway on the left. Sounds like a golf hole. It's a golf. It, 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 that it, if you get it out there, one sixty, got nothing but wide open fairway. Great. Not a, there's no way you're waiting twenty minutes.
1: Twenty minutes.
0: God. Okay, okay. I, I I can't. We're like a third of the way down, not even a not even third. Keep going. Okay. okay. Uh, well, of course, so after this 20-minute this wait, of course, the foursome behind us was catching up. Again, not too big of a deal. We were not in a rush, clearly. We continued to play. By the time we got to the fourth or fifth hole, the foursome behind us had caught up to us, not waiting for us on the tee, but close enough that we were that while we were putting, they re- <laughs> close enough that while we were putting – uh, we, et cetera. Close behind us while we were putting, etc. Okay. Just okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we soon realized that they must be playing best ball as well. It appeared they must be in a league or tournament playing their Friday afternoon weekly league round. We were never warned about our pace of play by a course ranger. None was seen because there is not one. And we did not think we were playing particularly slow, but we did have a newer golfer playing with us. So we're not exactly speedy, clearly. No warnings, Nothing. Then we get to the ninth hole. The course manager suddenly appears and begins to yell at us get moving, wrap things up. <laughs> as we had already been out there for three hours.
1: <laughs> Why is it in quotations? Is that not the truth? <laughs> oh,
0: man. People have been, and people have been complaining about us. We were honestly shocked. No one had said anything to us about our pace, and we were. Except for those groups that played through.
1: (laughs) Besides the people that were near us, no one said a damn thing about our pace.
0: (sighs) Oh, my God. Every time I look away, I have to lose my spot. I'm so sorry. Uh, We were basically finished anyways. We quickly apologized and proceeded to finish our hole. Angry, embarrassed, and shocked that he would yell at us like that without any warning whatsoever. In front of the clubhouse with lots of people on deck watching. Oh, humiliated. Yes, seriously. When I went to return the keys to the cart, all of this, they're in a golf cart. <laughs> I attempted to smooth things over and explain how we were delayed at the beginning of our round.
1: Wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry. Who gives a shit? At that point, you're gone. If you've played the knife hole, get the hell out of there. Who cares?
0: Seriously. Uh We were delayed because we let a foursome play through. So basically, that's, that's on you. And that the other players around us appeared to be playing a league and playing best ball, which is inherently faster than standard play. He was not at all interested in talking to me or being the least <laughs> bit understanding or, or apologetic. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> On this guy the contrary. was not sympathetic to my feelings.
0: <laughs> uh, he proceeded to lay into me... <laughs> stating that he should have come out and yelled at us earlier and that we were slow the entire round and that we had a player taking too many practice swings. (laughs) Okay, then why did no one talk to us about it earlier then? He was so hostile that I was not about to get into it with him as he seemed to be in a very bad mood and had no interest in talking to me. When my brother approached, he completely lost it and started swearing at us. Telling to fuck off multiple times and telling us to get the fuck out of his course, go back to Boston.
1: <laughs> go, Yankees.
0: <laughs> I was flabbergasted. I've never in my life had that kind of reaction or response from any manager or anyone who is in a public service position or in a service position. We did not respond. We left as quickly as possible, never to return. I am not sure if he was just having a bad day or what might have sent him off, but there's no excuse for that kind of treatment. For patrons at your golf facility, sorry, it's not Augusta National. (laughs) Uh, There's more, but that's, that's the meat and potatoes.
1: Wow, I mean that's the meat and potatoes, and the and the and the stuffing, and the green bean casserole, and the and everything else, man. That that is amazing. I have one question to ask you: Is there a star rating associated with this, by any chance? <laughs> that's your question. Uh, I'll let you guess. Okay, so but the, it, it is rated one to five, correct. This guy seems like a bit of a pushover, so I don't think he has the guts to give it one star. I'm going to say two stars. It's a one star
0: review from from Mister Matter. <laughs>
1: Mister Matter, here's the here's the thing: not interested in talking to me at all. Yet I keep trying.
0: <laughs> I slow play at Hemlock Ridge is nothing new, so that part does not surprise me. It surprises me that that like they they got mad about it. Like they 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 well. Yeah, because they just let it happen all the time. Sure. I've never seen them do anything about it, and it's it's a it's a plague. It's going around, and in and, and nobody. But then again, a three hour nine like
1: here's the thing, things dude. that they
0: drop in here. Like let's let's just while we're here, Joe. Please, all right. You, when's the last time somebody played through after one hole in a round you've been involved in? That's never happened. Never happened. It's never. It's not even that. That is a rough start. Like yeah things are not going well. If it takes you 3 hours to play Hemlock Ridge on a Friday afternoon, like that's no good. If you're already late to your tea time, if you're if you start your day by apologizing for being late to your tea time,
1: <laughs> you better be quick out there.
0: Oh my god. So, there yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. So that is that is Mr. Matter's review of Hemlock Ridge Golf Club.
1: I think the biggest problem with that review is I think we've set the bar way too high for Matt Golfer of the Week. That was extraordinary. Hemlock Ridge coming up big one last time for you, Nick. You have.
0: (laughs) I just, I just, I just, yeah,
1: I got to get back out there. (laughs) That is so good. (laughs) I'm going to make it happen. So it's time for. Is it still a new segment? I think it's just a segment now, right? Yeah. Okay. Lacey suggested that we need some sort of theme music from this. Mm. Kind of like a Wayne's World. And Nick rules. Nick, you know, so, something like that. I think okay. we can do better. But it is time for Nick rules where Nick educates us. Educates us? Educates yeah. us on the yes. finer points of the game.
0: So this is a new rule. This is a, this is
1: a rule change.
0: And it's, it's rule 4.1. And you talked earlier about playing with less than 14 clubs. And if you have a damaged club, previously, you, you would have to play with less than 14 clubs. Because you could neither replace or use a damaged club in the middle of a round. However, do you have a temper on the golf course, Joe? I mean, I know the answer to this, but, but tell the listeners.
1: Uh, no, about no, about 15 years ago, I, 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 I hit a bad shot and I was really, really mad. And my dad, who's a very mild manner guy, turns around, gives me fire in his eyeballs and says, you're going to hit a lot of bad shots over your life. If you can't get used to it, find something else to do. And ever since then, I've I've never been mad on the golf course. Like I get it out and then it's done like in a second. Sure. Yeah.
0: So this rule. Allows players to break a club in anger and continue to use it. Really? Yeah. Rule 4.1. A player is allowed to keep using and or to repair any club damage during the round, no matter what the damage, even if the player damaged it in anger.
1: You know what this is? This is the Roy McAvoy rule. Roy McAvoy, 1996, snaps 13 clubs over his legs. It has to use just a seven iron on the back nine in the U.S. Open sectional qualifier. That's crazy. I I can't believe that you're allowed to use a club you damage because you're an idiot, Joe. I
0: I wish I were lying. There's a the the, the header image on this article from the USGA. It's it's got a, a cartoon of a guy smashing a club against a tree, and the caption on the image says. You are allowed to continue using any damaged club for the remainder of your round, even if you damage it in anger. This guy is screaming at the tree in a nice visor with a tucked in polo.
1: (laughs) It's almost as though they're advocating for people to lose their temper on the golf course by allowing such a thing. I completely understand if you're Dustin Johnson in the third round of the Honda Classic And you swing your driver on the fourth hole and the face cracks and you get to have a driver the rest of the round. But if you're Bubba and you hit a wedge into the water and you slam that thing into the ground, the head snaps off, he gets the same thing. That's the same result. It's very strange. Yeah. And
0: it kind of goes to a bigger point. Like I saw a tweet today. And somebody was saying basically, if, if you don't meet this criteria, you have not earned the right to like throw clubs and get mad at bad golf shots. And I'm like, how about if you're an adult? You know, <laughs> like, in, in, what are the circumstances? Like, if, if you're a, if you're an accomplished chef and you go to another restaurant and like the food isn't good, do you, have you earned the right to like throw it across the room or do you just like behave like a civilized human being? Like, nobody has the right to act like a, like a, Child throwing a temper tantrum, they just do it
1: anyways. It's very strange that we do allow such crazy behavior on the golf courses. Oh well, you know, Jim's just mad out there. Like, what? Well, really? He's a, he's a three handicap, so he's earned the right to be mad. <laughs> yeah, Jim shot sixty five last week, so you can act like an asshole out here. <laughs> yeah, that's Nick Our, rules. I love it. We're gonna come up with a theme song. That is Nick rules. Uh, we're gonna end the episode with some old timey whimsy, Nick. I know your dad knows who this is, but do you know who Paul Harvey is, the radio announcer? Ah, uh, y- yeah, th- th- n- yeah, yeah, sure. And now you know the rest of the story. That guy, is that is that do anything yeah. for you? Yeah. So Paul Harvey, this is this this is one of those quotes that's attributed to him, but I think it's one of those quotes that gets attributed to like a lot of people, but we'll give Paul credit. I like an old radioman. Quote, golf is a game in which you yell four, shoot six, and write down five. Yep. <laughs> That's the best reaction yet. I love it. Um, it's you just going to be tough
0: to, to top last week's. I mean, that one's still... still <laughs> just
1: just rattling around in your head? Yeah. Uh, still my favorite bit. Folks, Thank you so much for listening to another episode. We're going to come back. Nick, uh, Masters is right around the corner. Are we going to get Patrick on? Is Patrick McDonald going to come on and tell us who's going to win the Masters and we can make money from it?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Okay, great. Well, I'll I'll, I'll shoot him a DM to make sure he's still interested in doing yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's, let's loop him in on this plan, but I think it sounds like a good plan. I love it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.